0: Talk Radio 96.7. Let's take a break and talk some sports. Sports in the Ozone. The Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland, turning scrap metal into cash. Coach Joe's off the night. Sitting in is Ronnie O.
1: All right, Ronnie O in the Ozone. Ronnie O solo tonight. Give us a call. 682 1430. That's 863 682 1430. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at dot net. That's ozone at dot net. Well, the Iowa Hawkeyes have a bad case of arachnophobia. They were the number five seed, they went down to the 12 seed, the Richmond Spiders. And this is not something that is new for the Richmond Spiders. The Richmond Spiders have nine wins as a 12 seed or lower. The next team is Oregon with four, but they're tied with Ohio, LaSalle, Princeton, Western Kentucky, and Tulsa. So Richmond has more than double the wins as a 12 seed, and that's since 1979. And to tell you, my grandson, who is seven years old, soon going to be eight, he picked that upset, and he actually had Richmond going all the way. And um, yeah, I think he changed his mind about them all going going all the way, but he did pick them over Iowa. So give us a call, 682-1430. The Florida Gators beat Iona in the first round of the NIT tournament in Gainesville, and now the Gators will play Sunday at 1 p.m. They'll take on Xavier in Cincinnati. And uh, the team the Gators beat, Iona the Gales, they had a kid from Bartow, and uh, he uh, actually took his team to -to back-to-back Florida State Championships in high school. And uh, he was quite a player in high school. And uh, they said he was from Lake Wales, which is where he was born, but he actually played at um, Bartow High School and led them, Walter Clayton Jr., to – back-to-back state championships, and that's pretty amazing that that kid could do that. He's, he's a good college player. He, um, I think he had some offers from, like, USF and some other um, mid-, uh, not mid-majors, but from uh, Division One teams, but he decided to go and play for Rick Patino up there in uh, Iona. So give me a call, 682-1430, another upset in the tournament. The 11 seed Michigan beat the number six seed Colorado State. So, a couple upsets already. And um, we've got another one that's uh, trending right now in that New Mexico, which is another, I think that's another 12 5 matchup where you've got them beating um, the number five seed UConn uh, right now. They were up 10 last time I checked. Uh, And and other things in college basketball, Um, we're going to have David Whitley with us from the Gainesville Sun. He's going to talk a little bit about Mike White leaving the Gators and uh, spring practices open for the Gators in football. So we'll talk to David Whitley about that. But, um, you know, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, this is going to be his last dance. And um, Duke, I guess, is, is all or nothing if they don't win the championship. That's pretty much where they've set the bar up there. And um, Ben Howland got fired at Mississippi State after seven years. And um, UCLA has signed Mick Cronin to a six-year deal. So um, a lot of stuff going on in South Carolina fired Frank Martin as well. Well, give us a call, 682-1430. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to see if we can't get a hold of David Whitley, and we'll be talking some Florida Gator basketball and Florida Gator football. You're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
2: This is Coach Dale Brown, and you're fortunate enough to be listening to Ronnie Ocean on the Ozone.
0: Ronnie O, Coach Joe, talking sports in the Ozone, Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors turning scrap metal into cash.
1: All right, Dale Brown, just one of the luminaries we've had from the sports world here in the Ozone. With us, another luminary in the sports world, Mr. David Whitley from the Gainesville Sun. David, welcome back to the Ozone. Always good to have you on.
3: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm not quite in the luminary uh, category as Dale Brown, though, I can tell
1: you that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're certainly glad to have you on with us tonight. And, um, well, the Gator basketball team They played about like they have all year long. They they sputtered and flopped around, and then in the end they beat Iona. So, um, what was your Mm -hmm. take on that game?
3: Uh, Well, frankly, I was a little surprised they were even going to play the NIT once that uh, once Mike White skipped town. But uh, I mean, credit to them, they 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 figure they're they're gonna because there are a lot of a lot of uh, seniors and guys won't be around anymore. And I I thought like guys like Colin Castleton and might just opt out like so many guys do when it comes to football bowl games. Uh, they just see you no know, reason to play, but they they decided to go out there and, and uh, I think they have sort of a hey, what the heck, let's just have fun and, and see what happens kind of attitude. Nothing to lose now. I mean, especially since they don't you know, they're just playing with an interim coach and everything. So uh, you know and, and and NIT, you know, they they get hot. Who they can win another two or three games and make it to New York. Yeah. You know, put, <laughs> put 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 a it wouldn't exactly put a cherry on top of this year, but it, it would be a nice, you know, a nice little way to end it.
1: Exactly. You mentioned Mike White leaving. Can you give us a timeline on how that happened?
3: It was uh, it was a lot quicker than most people imagine. You know, he, I don't know when he he probably got some feelers from Georgia because Georgia knew, of course, that it would be looking for a new coach because Tom Crean, you know, he'd won six games this year, <laughs> and they were just waiting for for the. Uh, sec tournament to get over which i mean they they're out in the first game and uh you know the the mike white era here you know it it has sort of it was it was kind of reaching i won't say the end but you know he's he's been catching some heat for the last uh, few years uh a lot of you know social media sniping and stuff which you know it comes with the territory if you're a coach and you don't please everybody you gonna please everybody but <laughs> um it has just gotten gotten a little more intense and uh and everybody, everybody likes Mike and thinks he's a he's a, a you know, straight shooter and, and runs a ethical program and, and a good guy. Uh, and he, he, they were just sort of in this, you know, I guess, a rut where you know they, they weren't bad. They just weren't weren't getting any better. And uh, and I don't know if they would have. Uh, I I I doubt seriously that they would have fired. I mean, it's just tough to fire a guy after he wins 19 games. But I think everybody felt that things were getting a little stale. And when he got this opportunity, and, and uh, uh, you know, frankly, a lot of people thought that he might go to Mississippi because that's his alma mater, uh, and and their coach is on the hot seat. But he he survived so far. But but when, when Georgia calls, I, I mean, uh, I mean, I think Mike just saw this as a as a good opportunity, basically just to start over. And he there, you know, the the, the bottom line is there he's he's not replacing Billy Donovan. He's replacing Tom Crean, which is a much easier job.
1: And you know like most SEC schools I guess except for probably Kentucky football is the king there in Georgia and there's not a lot of pressure to win games at Georgia like there would be at other schools and of course at Florida that was probably all that way until Billy Donovan set the bar up there so high but um
3: you know yeah, I, it was tough it was tough coming I mean they would say you know you want to be the guy who who replaces the guy who replaces the legend uh, and 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 yeah, you know, I mean Billy he he, you know, was Mr. Florida basketball, always will be. I mean his his name is on that court. And uh <laughs> set the bar so high. And, you know, I mean if fans it's not realistic, but you know, that's part of being a fan, you don't have realistic expectations and and they you know, they, they want a national championship or a final four every few years and, and that just didn't look like that was gonna be happening with uh, with Mike. And as you said, Georgia it's a. Uh, it's a different beast right now. I mean, Georgia has just never been able to get much going in basketball, yeah. and uh, and it it. I mean, it's 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 strange in a way because Atlanta is a you know a great recruiting ground, and are a lot of good players up that way. Uh, but you know, it's just been years since they were really any good. I mean, this whole you you, go, you got to go back about twenty five years for, uh, since the last time they won a NCAA tournament game, uh, and they have a you know, probably the worst arena in the league and all that. Uh, but you know they they basically you know paid him what uh, what he was getting in Florida, about three million a year, which isn't bad. And you know I said he, he's going to have a honeymoon right away. I mean I I don't think they were, from what I've gathered that they're that the fan base is is blown away by the hire, because well for one thing they 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 think they think they're getting sort of a, a of a reject from Florida and nobody you know <laughs> there is that Florida Georgia rivalry. Uh, and, you know, who knows? I mean I, I mean, I I hope he gets it going up there because, I mean, heck, maybe we'll actually have a Florida-Georgia basketball rivalry going.
1: <laughs> Our guest is David Whitley, sports columnist for the Gainesville Sun. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430 if you have a question for David. David, uh, spring football has begun. And uh, I just learned today that the spring game has been moved from Saturday, April 16th, to Thursday, April 14th. What can you tell us about that?
3: Well, uh, I I, I got to be honest, with you, you're you breaking some news to me uh, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I actually uh, I actually uh, started vacation today. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> and, well, thank and, you for uh, being on oh,
3: with us, man. What a oh sure sure no problem. I got a six a.m. flight to to uh, to San Francisco in the morning. I'm in Orlando right now. Oh my <laughs> gosh! So, uh, but yeah, uh, I I am not sure what uh, what predicated that. That's interesting um, on a Thursday night, huh? Yeah, what That's, I was uh,
1: able to read about it was they yeah. said that. Spring break for the students would have started, starts on Friday, the 15th. And uh-huh. that this way students can go to the game, and it would have been up against Alabama and Georgia's spring games on the same day. Oh, okay. And now it's going to be played at 7.30 on Thursday night, and the SEC network will broadcast it. So I guess those uh-huh. are the things that played right. into that. Yeah.
3: Yes. Well, you know, when uh, the SEC network slash ESPN says, you know, jump, the question is how high. <laughs> yeah. and so. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know how many students will stick around for you know for, to see the spring game, but you know, it's the kind of thing. I mean, next day a Friday; they'll they'll probably get a nice crowd. I mean, it, it won't quite be like I mean, traditionally spring games, you know, it's a it's a early afternoon thing, and and it's almost like a dry run for a regular season game where fans show up and they tailgate and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be a little bit different because you know if because uh, that's a work day. But, uh, I, you know, I think people will adjust. And I mean, either way, there's going to be, be a lot of curiosity because, uh, well, well, A, you know, they haven't had a spring game. In fact, they haven't had much of anything for two years because of, <laughs> you know, COVID last year and, and the year before. And, of course, you know, this is going to be the debut of uh, of the Billy Napier product. So, be a lot of curiosity about that.
1: David, we have Daryl on the line would like to ask you a question. Daryl, welcome back to the Ozone, my man.
4: Yeah. Weren't we talking about this stuff last week? Yes, sir. Let me tell you something. This is a bad deal. And um, Florida will regret the day that they allowed sports writers to determine who's the best guy to coach. I and think it might exactly have been the fans
1: of, here. Yeah, as <laughs> much sports, as writers,
4: sports writers ran this guy off. Uh, I'd have to read, disagree read, a little bit. I read editorials and stuff like that. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Well, because I, I, I don't, I, I, as I said last week, and maybe your guy that's on there today will tell me who who have you got to replace him. Who's coming in to replace him?
1: David's going to
3: tell us.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can't
3: tell you exactly. I uh, you know, there's there's uh, I've seen you know, gosh, about five or ten different top five, top ten lists. I mean, you can throw out a bunch of names, and, and basically people are throwing names against the wall. You never know. I mean, it runs I've the gamut. I'm seeing
4: same list.
3: And yeah. I don't see yeah, so. anybody
4: on those lists that's better than what we had. Yeah. This well, guy was tell. a winner from day one. He, he was put in the impossible task of replacing someone who won national titles. And you, you can look at what happened at UCLA when John Wooden left. How many years did it take them to get another winning program going in the right direction because they were looking for the next John Wooden? Doesn't happen. Doesn't mm-hmm. happen.
3: Well, let's see. I, I do appreciate you giving sports writers so much credit, though. I, I got, <laughs> I, oh, I, got I know. To,
4: exactly. I to, <laughs> You're one of them that's been writing. I know. You, you also were one of the guys, I think, that, that, um, that ran the football coach off, too. Daryl,
1: Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. Yeah. Be, be kind to yeah. our guest.
4: Oh, no, no. I'm just it, saying it. that it's, it's, sports writers just need to write about the game are not, not paid to do that, I, I I I just tell you, you you do give
3: us too much credit because basically, you know it it these days, especially with social media, everybody can get on and express their opinion, and and you know if you've been on social media, you, you know that they do, and you know the, the guy who makes these decisions is is uh, Scott Strickland. And you know, I I would like to think that he he you know takes my advice on everything. I I can assure you he doesn't. Uh, and uh, and believe me, if 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 I if I if, or if a bunch of sports writers would have said, "Hey, Dan Mullen is a great coach; you got to keep him on," uh, it wouldn't have mattered. He still would have been gone because uh, Scott Strickland made the decision that this the program was headed in the wrong direction. And uh, I don't think there's much argument uh, about that based on what I mean, we found we'll out. Wait, since, we'll know, you know after
4: next year, won't we? Well, well, that, well that may be a we little won't soon. We'll know right
3: away. I mean, you, I don't think that uh, they're going to go to a New Year's Day Six poll right away. But, you know, you got to give the guy, you know, what, what do you think, if I know three years to see how it goes. Uh, so far, I mean, I'll say this. It, it certainly, you know, revitalized the fan base uh, and, you know, I, and I can tell you a, a lot of you know some players are happy that with the new guy that it uh, that sort of lost faith in the old guy. So it's all about W's and L's. As always, we we shall see. We shall it's see. It's all
4: but, about W's but, and L's.
1: Well, you we'll know, I'm I'm reminded of the great Irk Russell. He told the story about he said college hired a football coach and they said coach we're behind your winner tie, and uh, I don't mm-hmm. think that's changed. And mm-hmm. I think that's not unique to any fan base it's the same all across the country
3: well it's yeah i I don't think yeah people say it's tougher i mean it's it's hard everywhere i mean heck you know uh you you hear some whispers about nick saban when they don't beat everybody by by 30 points you know uh, that's all just
4: ridiculous oh yeah it is it It is you know
3: the the days of guys who you know get seven eight years to to get it going and and you know, have losing records right in the first three years, and and uh, they stick with them, you know. unfortunately, that's just not happening anymore. Uh, the the pressure to win is so much more. For, and you know, the main reason is because you know, the money is so much more. You're right. You know, when 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 uh, you know the, the old guys. I mean, who I'm trying to think of like, uh, gosh, who who was I think was it Bobby? Bell, one of these guys I was reading. You know, he he was started out terrible, and I mean, there's been a few cases like that. Where guys who were legends ended up, you know, first few years they were bad, but they were they were probably clearing eighty thousand dollars a year. Now, when you're making you know eight million dollars a year, you know, and these, these you know they, they these guys know what they're getting into. Um, yeah, they know but, it's a much you know, high, higher at, pressure deal now. I
4: understand that Frank Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech did started out pretty poorly,
5: and yeah, he, yeah, he ended up
4: pretty mm-hmm. good. It takes a while yeah. to build a base in in it Florida, especially in the basketball program. The only thing that I could blame um, the coach for not being able to do very well is it seemed like he couldn't get Florida kids into the program. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Every coach that's been there, including Norm Sloan, who won a national championship at North Carolina State, had trouble getting state kids to stay in state. Now, if Mm -hmm. if Mike White is smart, he will camp out in Atlanta because mm-hmm. he can recruit enough players in the city of Atlanta to win a national championship if he can get yeah. them to stay in the state. And if the football yeah. coach will get behind him like Steve Spurrier got behind Billy Donovan and helped him, then he'll do even better.
1: Yeah, he will. Daryl. thank you yeah. so much. Always appreciate you calling.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. You know, another another thing that will help, help Mike White is that now with NIL, you know, he, he ran a clean program. He would not cheat. Uh, you know, frankly, uh, that puts him in the minority in the SEC. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and now, you know, it's it's all up uh, above Ward. So, you know, basically, he, if, if another school is trying to buy a kid for $100,000, you know, if he can get the Georgia NIL people, he can just, you know, basically he can match it. Uh, that wasn't the case at Florida. Um, you know, I mean— there, there's there's a thousand books that have never been written by coaches who who were um, went through a career and put up with with the uh, with the cheating uh, over the last you know 70 80 years uh, and they sort of keep it in-house but uh, you know they, they they were fighting, he was fighting with half, a, half, a, half a, uh, an arm tied behind his back with some, against, to get some of this talent. But now, you know, now it's an open market, you know. Uh, so that's changed things, too.
1: No doubt about it. David, how can people read your expertise on a regular basis?
3: I'm sorry, we got, well, I had a little problem with the phone right that's there. That's okay. I didn't catch them.
1: Yeah. How, can, how can people read your expertise on a regular basis?
3: Ah, well, you're too kind calling expertise. But uh, it's in the uh, Gainesville Sun, uh, which is Gainesville.com, or that, that's a Gannett paper, so it appears in a lot of, of the Gannett papers around the state. Um, there are yeah, 13 or 14 of them, uh, so sometimes they pick, pick it up. But uh, uh, the regular home base is Gainesville.com, well, the thank old Gainesville sun. You,
1: thank you so much for taking your vacation time to be with us, and
3: oh, you no, have a great pleasure. trip,
1: and um, fly safe and uh, enjoy your vacation.
3: I appreciate it. And thanks for telling me about that uh, change of uh, spring spring practice. All
1: right. Well, you have a great vacation.
3: Okay. Take care.
1: All right. David Whitley, columnist, sports columnist for the Gainesville sun. And we certainly appreciate him going above and beyond the call of duty and being with us. He's starting his vacation and he still came on here. You know, the Eric Clark chipped in with a few hundred thousand dollars and uh, you know, that's, That's all we needed. So you're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
0: Talk Radio 96.7. We are talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. Coach Joe is off this evening. Flying solo is Ronnie O.
1: All right, Ronnie O back in the Ozone. Coach Joe on his world tour. And we have a great guest list for us tonight. Not only did we have David Whitley from the Gainesville Sun, we've got with us Gary Furman of canesport.com. Welcome to the Ozone again, Gary. Thank you so much for being with us.
5: What's up, Ronnie? How are you?
1: Man, I'm just tearing them up tonight, brother. How about them Miami Hurricane basketballers? 23-10, 10 10 seed, taking on Southern Cal, the number 7 seed. Kind of give us an idea of um, what you think that game's going to be like.
5: It's going to be damn interesting, I'll tell you that. You know, um, USC is the fourth biggest team in the country. and um, But Miami has experience going against bigger teams. They beat Wake Forest twice this year, which is a bigger team. And um, they played Duke twice and split with Duke. So, really, they're three out of four against bigger teams. And uh, I think they'll have a very good game plan for USC. And it's going to be one of the more interesting first-round games.
1: You just can't really minimize what Jim Laranaga's done to the Miami program. You know, it was for the older fans in the audience. Um, Miami actually dropped basketball at one point. Was it in the 70s when they did that?
5: Yeah, yeah.
1: And here they are in the tournament. And uh, this is a guy that took George Mason to the Final Four back in 06. And uh, they played. the Gators beat them on their way to their back-to-back national championships. But, I mean, what what a – accomplishment that was and here the guy's what 72 years old and now he's doing it again at miami
5: well you know they were on a roll uh they really had established the program very well and then they got derailed by uh, phantom fbi investigations that they never should have been a part of and it cost them two recruiting classes so it was an absolute Northern disaster for, for the program but um uh, They've done a good job this year. They, they, they put a, a, a really good team together. They hit the transfer portal. They got a veteran point guard in Charlie Moore. They got a, um, a rangy a wing player in Jordan Miller, who had um, had a really good career to that point at George Mason. And then they got um, um, Isaiah Wong and, uh, and Cam uh, Malusty to come back. Another year when they were considering going to uh, to the NBA or playing professionally in Europe, so uh, everything kind of came together. And it's a well put together team. They like playing with each other. They get along very well. Uh, Jim Larinaga has done a great job of coaching them. And I,
4: you
5: know, I might be crazy. I think they got a chance here to be one of the Cinderella teams in March Madness this year.
1: Well, I agree with you. This is a a team that um, can really sneak up on people. I actually. Uh a buddy of mine was in a pool, and I had him pick um miami and i uh, I think they 're actually going to win this this first game for sure, but um you well, know if they get
5: past u s c tomorrow, then they can put all eggs in their basket and, and try to upset auburn and Uh, they're really good in those situations. Like, when they can really uh, hold in on an opponent and game plan, and uh, I think they'll give Auburn, if they can get there, all they can handle. they they got to get past this game tomorrow against USC and obviously be able to overcome the size disparity.
1: Well, not only is Miami basketball on the upswing, I know everybody's excited down there that Mario Cristobal has come home. Um, What would you – how would you – the the state of Miami fans with uh, Mario Cristobal coming in, what? How would you classify that?
5: Oh, it's it's created great excitement. Um, but, you know, the, the one thing you know, like I, I don't know how immediate the results is going to be. I don't know what's going to happen this year. They have, but they have a lot of holes on this team that he's trying to plug. He's hitting the transfer portal like a maniac. Uh, we'll see what that means in September, October, and November. But the one thing that I could say unequivocally, is that the program is now being run at a high level. And and that's going to mean good things at some point here in the near future, whether it's 2022, 2023, 2024. We don't know that yet. They're on a race against time to make the roster um, at a certain level to where they can compete against anybody in the country. Uh, but it is going to get there. Uh, the only variable is exactly when.
1: Well, not only did they, they hire – Mario Cristobal, but they hired Dan Radkovich away from Clemson as their athletic director. And Miami has, if not the best returning quarterback, certainly one of the best, in Tyler Van Dyke. Tell us about Tyler Van Dyke. Where is he from? and um give us uh, a scouting report on him.
5: Well, he's from Connecticut. and you know the the interesting thing was that a year ago he was just competing with uh, mm-hmm. with Jake Garcia. Mm-hmm. For a backup, you know, to minutes. I mean, it it really was it really was not a situation where either of them was expected to to bust down and and, and play. But uh, you know, it, it played out that way when De'Aaron King got hurt and uh, they platooned against Central Connecticut. But uh, Jake Garcia got hurt in that game, and that opened the door for Tyler Van Dyke to run with the quarterback position, and he did an amazing job his second half of the season. Was absolutely incredible, and without question, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So now, you're coming back, and Jake Garcia is back at practice. And when you watch practice, they both look very comparable. I mean, there's not a noticeable difference between the two guys. But um, with Tyler Van Dyke, is considered, um, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the country.
1: He should be. Uh, the guy was very impressive. The times I saw him play. I was like, wow, this guy's real. This is the first year he's starting. He's amazing. Um, What went wrong with the Manny Diaz um, administration down there?
5: I don't think anything went wrong. I think Manny Diaz was just been over his head from the second he got the job. He never should have gotten the job. He didn't have the credentials for the job. He didn't have the experience for the job. Uh, Being the head football coach at Miami is one of the toughest jobs in the country. And you can't just put anybody in that office. And um, the athletic director – made a horrendous mistake. He made a rush hire. He didn't do a search. And it cost him his job. I mean, it was so flawed. And, you know, God bless Manny Diaz. Like, he gave it his best effort. But uh, he didn't over his head at Miami from the second he got there. I mean, you can't, like, that can't be your first head coaching job. Like, you know, um, I mean, I guess Butch Davis was able to do it. But uh, there was a learning curve there, too. I mean, uh it was, just, it was just asking too much of
1: Manny Diaz. Our guest is Gary Furman of canesport.com. Give us a call, 682-1430, if you have a question for Gary. And uh, he's on his way to see the Canes play in USC firsthand. So you're on your way to Greensboro, right?
5: Uh, yeah, Greenville. Greenville, Greenville South I'm Carolina. I say that every yeah. time. Yeah, it's easy to get them mixed up. I'm I'm trying to figure it out. I just pulled off the road to get something to eat. I'm trying to figure out what state I'm in. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, so, I'm somewhere. I've 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 made it through Georgia and I'm on the way to South Carolina, but there's all kinds of detours and everything <laughs> on the road. And and, I, and I'm telling you, I have no clue where I am right
1: now. <laughs> well, we'll send out. We'll send the highway patrol. We just don't know which state's highway patrol to call.
2: <laughs> yeah.
5: I I I
1: seriously have no idea. Oh, my gosh. Well, we certainly appreciate you calling in tonight. And uh, how can people get your expertise on a regular basis?
5: Uh, They just got to go to canesport.com, and um, we get after it every single day. And uh, I hope that people feel it's a good website and a great great community and a place to hang out and get information and engage with other fans. And uh, we have uh, bigger and better things moving forward here in 2022 as the program uh, interest can, you know, surges back, and it's exciting times for
1: us. Well, we certainly appreciate it. You drive carefully. Whatever state you're in, you drive carefully, Gary, and uh, we'll look well, forward I'm, to having gonna, you on again.
5: I'm going to be in South Carolina soon if I'm not there now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, look out on I-95 for Gary. No, I-85. Oh, I-85. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah,
5: I-85. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, be, be careful, and uh, thanks again.
5: All right, guys. Yeah, Ron, Ron. Good talking to you.
1: All right. Gary Furman, canesport.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we might just have that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Alehouse. You're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
2: This is Coach Pat Dye, and I'm the retired coach at Auburn University, and you listen to Ronnie Ocean and the Ozone.
0: Ronnie O and Coach Joe coming your way every Thursday from 8 until 9 right here. Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors.
1: All right, the late, great Pat Dye, just one of the many great guests we've had here. Had two great guests on with us tonight. And I know every one of you out there, you're sitting out there, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you can't wait. Say, Ronnie Ocean, quit yakking, get cracking. We want that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. Well, here you go. The NCAA basketball tournament. Who is the last team to win back-to-back national championships in the NCAA basketball tournament? 682-1430 is the number, 682-1430. Of course, the area code is 863-682-1430. Now, prior to that happening, Duke won back-to-back in ninety one ninety two, and the first team to do it was Oklahoma State. They were Oklahoma A&M back then, back in 45-46. Kentucky, forty eight forty nine, and then... The greatest basketball player of all time, William Felton Russell, powered the University of San Francisco Dons to back-to-back titles in 55 and 56, along with K.C. Jones, his teammate later on with the Boston Celtics. The 55 Dons lost one game. They were 28-1. Then the 56 team was the first NCAA champion to go undefeated. They were 29-0, one loss in two seasons. That's pretty remarkable. Cincinnati won back-to-back 61-62, and they almost won three in a row, but they lost in overtime by two points in 1963 in the championship game to Loyola. And then, of course, John Wooden won back-to-back, back-to-back, to back-to-back, back-to-back, um, and then Duke came along in 91-92. So give me a call, 682-1430. This is pretty easy. Who is the only, they're the last team to win back to back national championships in college basketball? And we we'll, if you call in and you give me the answer and you haven't won in the last six months, then what we will do is we'll give you a $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Alehouse. House. They're located at 5650 South Florida Avenue. They've got over 40 strategically located television sets. And I'm going to tell you, this is the place you want to go if you want to watch. The NCAA basketball tournament where you got multiple games going on, you're interested in all of them, maybe you have a little money on some of them, you never know, and you want to watch more than one game, um, that's the place to go. So um, you just give me a call, 682-1430, and tell me the last college basketball team to win back-to-back national championships. It's pretty easy. So 682-1430 is the number. Right now, St. Peter's University of New Jersey is giving the U.K. Wildcats all they can handle. With 738 left in the second half, the 15-seed St. Peter's trails by one point to the two-seed Kentucky. Also, New Mexico State, the 12-seed, leads UConn 55 54. So we could be in for some more upsets right here. Um, looks like right now they're fighting tooth and nail in those championships trying to win and uh, trying to pull those big upsets. Well, back in 1897 on this date, British boxer Bob Fitzsimmons knocked out American champion Gentleman Jim Corbett in the 14th round to win the world heavyweight title in Carson City, Nevada. The British boxer only weighed 165 pounds, whereas Gentleman Jim Corbett weighed 182. And Fitzsimmons lost to James J. Jeffries in 1899. In 1908, Canadian champion Tommy Burns knocked out Irish challenger Jim Roche in 128 of the first round, and that was then the quickest world heavyweight boxing title fight. On November 5th, on this date, just in November of 52 seconds. No, no, now, now the record is 52 seconds. Lamont Brewster knocked out Andrew Galata in just 52 seconds to win the heavyweight championship. And, you know, I thought that this, uh, of course, Galata was uh, of Polish descent and he had a penchant for hitting low. And uh, some sports writer nicknamed him the pole, the foul pole for his penchant for hitting low. So I thought that was one of the cleverest nicknames that I'd ever seen. On this date in 1953, Bill Veck said he would sell 80% of the St. Louis Browns for $2.4 million. They would later become the Baltimore Orioles. Of course, he was famous in 1951 for sending... Eddie Goodell, 3 feet 7 inches tall and 60 pounds to bat, he drew a walk versus the Tigers. Then in 1979, he was famous when he owned the White Sox for Disco Demolition Night, and it ended up being a forfeit for the White Sox when the fans stormed the field and they were unable to clear the field. Um, So Bill Veck was one of the great promoters ever in sports history. All right, who we got that's hungry and thirsty with us? Lou. It's Cougar Lou. Cougar Lou. Man, I tell you what, uh, is this costing us money?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think I could take a wild stab at tonight's question. All right, go right ahead. I'm going to guess those powerful Florida Gators under Billy Donovan.
1: You're exactly right. You are exactly right. Man, I tell you what, you not only know your Houston Cougars, you know your Florida Gators, too. (laughs) Oh, man. So so you hungry and thirsty?
2: I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. And uh, I want to watch some of those games. There's there's some great games. There's going to be a fantastic game on tomorrow at eight, a little bit after 8, around 8.15 when my Houston Cougars uh, take on – uh the uh at university of alabama birmingham so and and we're a number five seed and we're playing a number 12. and you know ronnie I, i'm not sure but i think that that those pairings the fives and twelves have produced more upsets in the ncaa tournament than any other pairing
1: I think you're right. And, uh, you know, I've got to say, and we've talked about this before, but I think Kelvin Sampson is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Um, you know, he just very quietly turned Houston into a powerhouse.
2: Well, he did. And, you know, I, I, I think you're right. And, of course, you know, he was suspended by the NCAA for five years for texting Uh Actually, I guess they called it phone calls, but I think he was actually texting players uh, during the non-recruiting periods. And um, uh, and uh, you know he was he, he did his time, but I you know he made the most of it. I guess by by coaching for the Spurs and the Rockets as uh, uh, some sort of assistant, and you know and uh, he, now that he's gotten his chance. You know his teams are always and they, they always seem to rebound, and they always seem to play really, really rugged defense, and and that travels well. Um, this year's team is not a great free throw shooting team, and uh, and we lost our three point shooters uh, to to injuries, uh, so our two guards that are playing aren't actually our starting guards, but. Uh, but they hustle and uh, they rebound. Uh, you know, everybody hits the board. And it's worked out well for us so far this year. And hopefully uh, it will carry us through. I'm not looking for a deep run, to be honest with you, Ron, for my team. But but uh, anything can happen in these tournaments.
1: Oh, it can, and it's happening right now. Right now, um, New Mexico State's up 58-54. They're the 12-seed. Yukon is the 5-seed. And then sixty-one uh, sixty, Kentucky over St. Peter's right now with 623 left in that game. Luke, we appreciate it, and uh, hang on the line. Eric will get your information. Um, hang on to your wallet. He'll get your wallet, too, if you're not careful. So you, you got to be real careful. You know, the guy's a billionaire, but do not invite him to go with you because you won't get anything to eat. He eats like oh. a steam shovel.
0: Stop it, Ronnie. Just stop it. <laughs>
1: Uh, Lou, as always, we appreciate you listening. Hang on the line, and Eric will get your information. We'll send you out to the Ale House, and you'll have that $30 gift certificate to eat and drink on us.